add my welcome to you all. And uh, for those of you that are guests with us today, my name is Greg Nuremberger. I'm the senior pastor of Emmaus Road Church and one of the elders as well. And I want to invite you to turn, if you would, in your Bibles or your electronic devices to the book of Genesis. Our focus these four Sundays before Christmas is the glory of God as revealed in the coming of the Son of God. And we're giving attention to prophetic words that foretold a child would be born who would make right every wrong thing in the world. And we can trace every wrong thing in the world back to Genesis chapters 1 through 3. Think about this for a second. God in nothing less than infinitely ecstatic and overflowing pleasure in the glory of his own infinite beauty and perfection decided to create the universe and everything in it. God made all things in order to let the infinite beauty of all that he is shine forth. And, and this, is, this is the mind-blowing part to me. God created all things, including humankind, so that he could share his ecstatic joy and pleasure with us. That we could experience that. God created us so that we could experience the same fullness of joy and pleasure God has in beholding himself. And here's what that means for us. It means that there is only one way that your heart and my heart will ever be fully and lastingly satisfied. And that is in knowing and enjoying God. But as the book of Genesis unfolds, we see that Adam and Eve have done what I've done. Adam and Eve did what you have all done. We have all turned our backs on God and the fullness of joy and pleasure which he has made for us to experience in him. And we've each gone our own way. That's what the Bible calls sin. And according to Genesis chapters 4 through 11, Adam and Eve's sin spread. Their abandonment of joy in God spread throughout the earth like a spiritual pandemic like no other. To every nation, to every people group, to people speaking every language. And this forsaking and abandoning joy in all that God is deserves the punishment of God. This is what it says in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man, mankind, humankind, was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So the Lord said, I 
will blot man whom I have created from the face of the land. And that's what he did through a flood. According to Genesis chapter 7, verse 23, he blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals. They were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left and those who were with him. So, so we're left in Genesis chapters 10 and 11 with, with a world where sin has spread to every people group, every language group, every nation on the earth. All have turned their backs on God. All have said, God in all his infinite beauty and perfection and glory, that's just not enough. No one is satisfied Not one people group, not one language group, not one nation is unaffected. And therefore, everyone, all nations, all peoples, all languages, all tribes, deserve another flood from God. Now, now here's something that's even more mind-blowing. God purposefully allowed all that. Purposefully allowed all that. He allowed it all because the spread of sin throughout the world to every people, language, and nation brings about an occasion for an even greater display of His glory. Namely, the display, the shining forth of his mercy. And to see this display of God's mercy, I want to now invite you to turn to Genesis chapter 12. In a world where all nations, all peoples, every tribe language have turned away from their maker saying, you are not enough. God comes to one man. An unrighteous man. An idol-worshipping man named Abram. And look at what God says to him in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And if you're able, would you please stand as we give respectful regard to God's word. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you. And I'll make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you, all the families of the nations shall be blessed. This is God's amazing 
and merciful and glorious word. Let's pray. Lord, if it is true what you have said, that faith comes, saving faith comes, God-honoring faith comes through hearing and through the hearing of the word of the gospel of Christ, then we pray that you would be magnified and that you would bring into being faith where there is no faith in this moment, that you'd be glorified in strengthening faith where faith is weak in this moment, that you'd intensify the fullness and overflowing joy of faith where it is already full, that you would so empower a people, that you would so come upon a people, that you would so drench a people with your grace and the working of your Holy Spirit that we might be witnesses to the ends of the earth and every nation might come to know and love and trust and obey and follow the, our great Savior, the Lord Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So God says to Abraham, Abram, he's Abram, at this point in time still. He says, in you, all the families of the nations shall be blessed. And it's just simply stunning. How can God say that? How can God bless Abram and every nation through Abram? How can God bless Abram and every people group when they have all Abram and people from every nation, been completely unrighteous, sin-filled. How can God bless Abram and every nation when the only thing they all deserve is God's punishment? And the clearest answer to this question is found in our old friend, the Apostle Paul's letter to the Galatians. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 8, Paul is addressing people about the gospel. If you remember, Paul's a Jewish rabbi. He's an Old Testament scholar. So he's, he knows Genesis right and left. And in Genesis chapter 3, 8, Paul explains what God said to Abram. He's got a little exposition going here. And in commenting about Genesis chapter 3 verse chapter 12 verse 3 Paul writes and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying in you shall all the nations be blessed and of course you notice right Paul's quoting Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. In you, all the nations shall be blessed. And then Paul ex explains that in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, God is preaching the gospel to Abraham. <laughs> so, after Adam and Eve sinned, God 
preached the gospel to Adam and Eve. And after God preached the gospel to Adam and Eve, and after the flood, and after sin completely spreading, like this spiritual pandemic throughout every nation and people group after that, after that, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, God preaches the gospel to Abram. And notice carefully what the gospel is. According to Paul, the gospel, the good news, is that God will justify the Gentiles, the nations, by faith. So what does that mean? And how does it relate to Abraham? The answer to that is found in Genesis chapter 15. According to Genesis 15, Abram and his wife Sarah had no children. They were, they were both well beyond childbearing years, and according to Genesis Genesis chapter 12, they were somewhere in their mid-70s. And and even when Sarah was in the prime of her childbearing years, she had not been able to get pregnant. And so, so that's the setting. With that in mind, look at what God promises Abram in Genesis chapter 15, verse 5. It says, and he, that is God, brought Abram, brought him, Abram, outside and said, look toward heaven. Number the stars, if you're able to number them. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. (laughs) So what does God promise Abram? He promises that Abram will have as many offspring as the stars that, that he can see in the night sky. And because God had already God had already changed Abram's heart so that Abram owned up to the truth of God. He knew that the God, the God who'd created the universe, the God who'd made all those gazillions of stars, the one who had the power and authority to speak them into existence, this God had the ability to give him and his 70-something-year-old barren wife a child. And so Abram trusted God. He trusted him to do that. And let your minds now just kind of be rocked by what God does in response to Abram's faith. Genesis 15, verse 6. And he, that's Abram, believed the Lord, and he, that is God, counted it to him as righteousness. Abram believed the Lord. He trusted the promise that God made. And God counted Abram's belief, his trust, his faith in what God had promised him as righteousness. Are you hearing this? (laughs) Listen, it means that God counted Abram's faith, Abraham's trust in God's promise, as if it were a lifetime of perfect moral righteousness. (laughs) Listen carefully. It means that as Abram was trusting God, 
God saw Abram, looked at Abram, considered Abram as if he had always been and always would be perfectly, morally, sinlessly righteous. And that is how God can bless sinful Abram. And that's how God can bless every sin-filled person, every sin-filled people group, every sin-filled tribe and nation on the earth. God counts people's assurance that God will do exactly what he has promised to do as a lifetime of perfect moral righteousness. Now, obviously, Abraham's faith was not a lifetime of perfect moral righteousness. But God counts Abram's faith as a lifetime of perfect moral righteousness. And so, Abraham is freed from God's judgment and he has the joy of knowing God forever. That is the blessing. The unspeakable blessing that God gives to Abram in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. And that is the blessing God promises in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, to give to all the nations of the earth. As I have blessed you, so I will bless all nations in you. Now, this raises a rather significant question question, how can God do that? How can God count Abram's faith as a lifetime of perfect, moral, sinless righteousness? Abraham was an idolater. He worshipped the moon. (laughs) And, And exchanging Hope for soul satisfaction in God, for hope for soul satisfaction in sacrifices offered to the moon, deserves punishment. The sins of the nations, all their idolatries, deserve punishment. Our sins deserve punishment. And if we deserve punishment, well then how can God count our faith as a lifetime of perfect, morally sinless righteousness? And the answer is in the gospel that God preached to Abram. Remember what Paul said in Galatians 3? God preached the gospel to Abraham when God says in Genesis 12, verse 3, In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. What does that mean? In you. Well, it means in Abram's offspring. That is, in what? Abram's 
great, 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 but like times 14 times three generations, his grandson, Jesus, would do. So now turn to Matthew chapter one, where we hear the Christmas story for the first time in the New Testament. According to Matthew chapter one, verse one, it says, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of who? Abraham. Followed by this long list of who is the father of who, who is the father of who, who is the father of who, ending in Matthew chapter 1, verse 17 with this summary statement. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, to the birth of Jesus, 14 generations. Loved ones, it is in Abram's offspring, Jesus, the Christ, that all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In Christ, sinners from all nations will be saved. Sinners like, if you look through this list in Matthew 1, Rahab, the prostitute, from the sinful people group that populated Jericho, Matthew 1.5. And Ruth, from the sinful people group, nation of Moab, Matthew 1.5. And Bathsheba, the adulteress. A Hittite from the nation of Anatolia, Matthew 1.6. And what Jesus did, and all the other sinners in that, that long line, but those are the ones from other nations. What Jesus did, the Christ did, what he did that would be a blessing to the sinners, not only from his own sin-filled line and language, but also every other sin-saturated nation and language and people group. What Jesus did, the Christ, what did he do that would be a blessing to you and to me? He came to earth, born as a child, He died a sin-atoning death on the cross. And when I trusted Jesus, something amazing happened. It's like this. It's, it's like, well, there's Jesus. And there's me. And on me and in me, there's all kinds of sin, pride, unbelief, envy, discontent, selfishness, self-righteousness, anger. Resentment, unforgiveness, covetousness, on and on and on. And because of this, I do not have the heart-filling satisfaction of knowing God. And I face God's judgment forever. But in ridiculously great mercy and sovereign grace, God decided to save me through Jesus. Jesus is fully God. Jesus created everything. And in great mercy, he came to earth, born as a child, lived a life of perfect, morally sinless righteousness. And so, Jesus has perfect 
morally sinless righteousness on him and in him, love, truth, integrity, compassion, mercy, goodness, and righteous indignation, (laughs) and love for God. And this Jesus died on the cross. And what happens the moment that I believe in Jesus, all my sin, past, present, and future, is placed on Jesus and punished in Jesus on the cross. And then God gives all Jesus' perfect, morally sinless righteousness to me. And so from that point on, as I'm trusting Jesus, God sees me as clothed in Jesus' perfect, morally sinless righteousness. And even when I sin, which I still do, as I turn my back, as I turn back, as I turn back again and again to trust Christ, God sees me as clothed in Jesus' perfect, morally sinless righteousness. And loved ones, that is precisely what happened with Abram in Genesis 15, verse 6. Look and listen. And he, Abram, believed the Lord, and he, God, counted it to him as righteousness. And that's how God can bless Abram. And that's how God can bless sinners from every nation, every people group on earth. That's how Abram was saved. That's how Abram experienced the forgiveness of his sins. That's how we are saved. That's how we experience the forgiveness of sins. That's how sinners from every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every people group are saved and experience the forgiveness of their sins. And that is the gospel. There's only one way that sinful people can be loved by a perfect, morally sinless, righteous God. They must be perfectly, morally, sinlessly righteous themselves. And there is only one way that we can get that. Namely, through trusting Jesus. There's only one human being who has ever been perfectly, morally, sinlessly righteous, and that is Jesus. And there's only one way to connect with Jesus so that his perfect, morally, sinlessly righteousness becomes ours, and that is by faith. And that's how God blessed Abram, and that's how God will bless every nation and people group on the earth, and that's how God will bless you and me. Now that leads to another question. How can I be sure I have this kind of faith? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's such a massively important question. And lots and lots of people would say, well, I have faith. I believe. But it's not faith like Abram had. So what kind of faith did Abram have? And the answer is found in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Um, this is the way I've, I think about this. I, I learned this from a, a good friend of mine. So i got these chairs up here. And th- 
This, this chair over here, let's just say, it, it represents all that God promises to be to me. He promises to forgive me. He promises to change me. He promises to provide for me. He promises to fill me with satisfaction in knowing him and loving him. But, like Abram, all of us have turned our backs on God. You know, we, we want to be in control we want to decide for ourselves what's good and evil. We want to call the shots. But we, we still long for full and lasting salvation. Our hearts are hungry and restless all the time. So we come up with other things that we, we hope might satisfy us that are represented in this chair. And things like financial independence or making a name for ourselves or acceptance by friends, and, or comfort, or vacations, or sexual pleasure, or food, or, or maybe even superstitious sacrifices to the moon. You know, maybe you're like Abram. And, and, and you see, we're always living by faith in something. We're, we're always trusting something to fill us with satisfaction. And if it isn't God, as he has revealed himself in Jesus, then it will be something or someone else. So, Abram starts off as this idol worshiper. He's sitting over here in this chair. And his security, listen, what is his security in? His security is in his country. His security is in his kindred, his family. His security and soul satisfaction is in the inheritance of his father's house. It's where prosperity, it's where joy, it's where living a satisfying life would have come from for somebody like Abram. But then look what God says to him. Look what God says to him in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So, for Abram, faith meant three very tangible things, right? First of all, faith means understanding what God has promised. For Abram, faith meant understanding what's in that chair. God had promised to make him a great nation. God promised to bless him. God promised to make his name great. And God promised to bless all the families of the earth through him. Those were God's promises to Abram. God promises. His promises always cover. I think of, I think of four main categories. Because of Jesus, God will change our hearts because of Jesus, he will change our hearts so that we can love him and trust him. God will forgive all of our sins. God will provide for all of our needs. And God will satisfy us both now and forever in knowing him. So, so faith, first and foremost, means understanding specifically what God promises. Understanding what is reality in that chair. But understanding... Alone 
is not enough. So second, faith means turning from what I've been trusting to satisfy me. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, God says to Abram, he's touching all of the hot buttons here. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house. Abram had to leave what he had been trusting. He had to get out of that chair. We have to do the same thing, right? Faith means turning from what I've been trusting to satisfy me. So so what are you trusting to satisfy you? Ask yourself, what would I desire the most? What am I afraid to lose? What am I trying to prove and to who? The affirmation of people, more money, recognition of your accomplishments, comfort, sexual pleasure, just feeling good. Whatever you desire the most is what you trust. But faith means turning from what I've been trusting to satisfy me. So faith means getting up out of that chair. And third, faith means turning to trust God's promises as they have been revealed and guaranteed in Jesus. Faith is not just knowing God's promises. Faith is not just knowing that God's out there. Faith is not just knowing that Jesus died on the cross. Faith is trusting myself, my life, my future, my decisions, my failures, my sins to God's promises. Faith means resting myself in the chair of God's promises. And that's exactly what we see in Genesis chapter 12, verse 4. Look at it. So, or therefore, on account of the fact that he trusted God and God's promises, Abram went as the Lord told him. He trusted God's promises and he went. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 says, By faith... Abraham obeyed when he was called to go. Abram entrusted his entire life to God's promises, and we need to entrust our entire lives to God's promises. That's faith. Now, just just to be absolutely clear, Abram's faith was not perfect, flawless, uninterrupted. Neither is ours, right? Right? You, you read Abram's life, and you see a man just like you and me. His life by faith is sitting in this chair one day and sitting in that chair the next, and sometimes back and forth in the same day, and, and taking matters into his own hands with anxious unbelief, and then getting back over in this chair the next day. That's why the Bible calls the Christian life a fight of faith. We constantly need to fight unbelief and distrust in God. Our tendency is to to slip back into that other chair. It doesn't mean we have to go from being justified to not being justified. But if you have been saved, if you have been justified, you're not going to stay in that chair very long. 
So understand what God promises to us in Jesus. He promises to forgive all our sins. He promises to change our hearts so that we love him and trust him. He promises to provide everything that we need. And he promises to satisfy us both now and forever with his presence. Just look at all that he is. Look at all he's promised to be for you. All powerful, full of mercy, infinitely wise and good and sovereign over everything. And then turn from whatever else you've been trusting to satisfy and trust. Trust the Lord as he has revealed himself in Jesus. So just one more question. How then shall Jesus be a savior for all nations? How shall he be a savior for every people group, every language? Every tribe. He shall be a savior for all nations the same way he became a savior for any one of us. In Romans chapter 10, Paul writes, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord in faith will be saved. How will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching to them? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? Faith comes from hearing. And hearing through the word of Christ. There are hundreds of ways we could bring application to this. But today, it's probably enough to say that so it is, so it shall be for those who turn and trust in Christ Jesus from every nation. That sinners are saved from every nation as they learn to entrust themselves to God. How will they learn? How will they hear of the forgiveness for sins and the soul-satisfying joy in God. God will do it. God will give birth to faith. God will turn them as they hear God's word. The word of Christ Jesus. So go, therefore. Go, Emmaus Road Church, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to entrust themselves to all that God has promised to be for them in Christ Jesus so that they will obey. And Jesus shall be a great savior for sinners in Sioux Falls and every nation to the ends of the earth to the glory of God. Let's pray. There are some of you here today who are sitting over in this chair over on, on this side. And you know you're sitting in that chair 
the unbelief chair, the weak faith chair. And you know it's right to be sitting over in this chair, trusting the Lord, believing in his promises. But you're feeling hopeless about changing chairs. It's because you just don't have faith. And you know it, and you say it to yourself, I I know I should have faith. I know I should have stronger faith. I just don't. I just don't. And loved ones, listen, here's, here's the good news to you. Faith isn't something that we come up with on our own. Faith is a gift that God gives us as we hear who he is, as he's revealed himself in his word. Faith comes through hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. And so just as you've heard who God is and revealed himself to be here today in this word about Jesus Christ, now ask him to forgive you. Ask him to fill you. Ask him to give life to your soul. And do that now. Do that today. Do it tonight. Do it tomorrow morning. Do it together with the others in your discipleship huddle. Take time every day to nurture, nourish, strengthen your faith by feasting on all that God is for you. As he has put himself on display in Jesus.